Guys, it is the Blue Bloods, and we are coming at you with a very special guest today. And it is the voice of the Baylor Bears, Mr. John Morris. And he is with us today to talk all things Baylor football. And we just want to say we appreciate you joining us, John. Well, guys, great to be on with you. I appreciate it. It's good to uh, it's good to talk football, and I think we're moving the right direction to hopefully having football in the fall. So can't wait for that and look forward to visiting with you. For sure, for sure. So I want to start with last season. I mean, Baylor went all the way to Dallas for the Big 12 championship, and this was one of the most successful seasons in recent memory for Baylor. So what do you think finally clicked for this team, and what helped them have this tremendous season that we saw them have? Yeah, it was a lot of things. You know, it was the third year with Coach Matt Rule, and it was really an amazing three year only three years here, but a really amazing three years. And, you know, he left after last season. He's now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, uh, which brought Dave Aranda to Waco, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But uh, in Coach Rule's three years, we were 1-11 his first year, transition year. Uh, roster was just, you know, really decimated. And in his second year, uh, went to a bowl game and won a bowl game, finished 7-6, and six, beat Vanderbilt in the Texas Bowl in his second year. And then in his third season, uh, finished 11-3, and three, uh, ranked in the top 10 in the nation, did, did play Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship game, lost that game, unfortunately, but ended up in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia. So it was, it was a great season. I mean, Bay was 11-1. and one going to uh, Arlington for the Big 12 championship game and, and finished 11-3 and three on the year. But, uh, you know, it was just uh, things really coming together on the field and with that coaching staff uh, in a big, big yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, it's been very interesting, or it was very interesting to see the progression of Matt Rule over his three years at Baylor. Um, but more specifically, you know, just to kind of hone in on this past season and the amazing run that Baylor had, uh, were there cert- was there a certain player or were there certain players that really surprised you with their performance throughout last season? You know, it was, it was so many. It was real team effort by these guys. I wouldn't say surprised because we sort of knew what we had in, uh, uh, with our defensive lineman, James Lynch. But I'm not sure anybody knew that he was going to have the kind of season that he had last year. He ended up the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, He was drafted after his junior year. He's now with the Minnesota Vikings. And he just had a a terrific junior season. He was really dominant in that defensive front. Uh, And it wasn't just him. You know, there was a guy named Bravion Roy that's a real – you know, kind of a spark plug defensive uh, middle middle guy there in the defensive line. Terrell Bernard as a linebacker was really, really good. And I, I'm, I'm mentioning defensive guys to start because our defense was uh, a real key to the 11-3 and season. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, you know, Charlie Brewer, not a surprise. We knew what we had in him. He, he'll be back for his senior season this year. But Charlie is really, really good, smart, smart quarterback. Um, and then our running backs as a group, they were all very good and really good receivers also. So it was really, you know, overall team effort to have the kind of year that Baylor had. For sure. I mean, it was – I don't I don't want to say it was a surprise, like you said. Um, Baylor kind of knew what they had, but it, it was definitely um, – I don't. I don't know the right word to say. Like, like it was like a good surprise this past year, seeing yeah. what Baylor yeah. had in them. Yeah, very yeah. much so. And, and probably to people outside the program, it was you know a surprise. I'm not sure you know how much uh, credence uh, people gave to Baylor going into last season, but uh, you know we really felt like they'd made a big jump from year one to year two, and we thought there would be another jump from year two to year three. But what does that mean? 
you know, going from seven wins, does that mean eight wins, nine wins? You know, dream big, uh, 10 wins, 11 wins, and that's that's the way it played out. Yeah, and you kind of mentioned this. I want to address that about how Matt Rule really led an amazing rebuild. I mean, he started out winning only one game in 17, but in this past year, like you said, 11. Give us your perspective on how Rule pulled off this major turnaround and how he rebuilt a program that many thought would never reach the dominance they once had. Yeah, you know, and and the amazing thing too is how quickly he did it. You know, from one and eleven to seven and six, like we said, and then eleven and three last year. He just, you know, he came in with a plan, and in his term was the process. You know, they had a plan that they wanted to implement here at Baylor, and they just went about doing that plan. They recruited really well, and I say they because it was Coach Rule and his entire staff, and all those guys get a lot of credit for what Baylor did. But they had the they plan and the process, and, and, and when something, you know, when there'd be a hiccup, he'd say, you got to stick with the process. And they did that, and uh, and look at how quickly Baylor turned things around uh, in just three years under Coach Rule. So it was really fun to watch. It was great to have him here. Uh, he always, uh, in my mind, he always had a real interest in wanting to coach in the NFL, and you know, I don't, I don't uh, have any bad feelings toward him at all. He had a great opportunity after this past year to go and have a lot of control and be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And I wish him nothing but the best. I was glad he was here for three years. Wish we could have had him longer, but wish him uh, nothing but the best, um, you know, with the success that he had. Uh, and, and really another thing is he and his staff, they really stabilized the program. You know, we were in, we were, uh, uh, in some upheaval off the field before he got here. But he really got things on solid footing. Uh, our, our players were, you know, good citizens. They were contributors to the community uh, and did the classroom as well. So they did things the right way, and they won along with that. So, you know, nothing at all to be upset about, about the way Coach Rule ran the program here. Yeah, definitely not. So now I kind of want to shift to the future. There's it's, there's some promising things going on in Waco, Texas, and Dave Aranda steps into huge shoes, um, you know, left by Matt Rule, and the team lost a lot of elite talent. I'm, I'm thinking of Denzel Mims and James Lynch. Can you name a player or two that fans may not currently know that you think may be prime for a real breakout season here? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, we lost a lot, like I said, on defense. We lost a lot of guys on defense. We lost uh, some real studs in the offensive line, so there'll be some replacements there. Uh, Charlie Brewer is back. That's a guy that people will count on. He'll be back for his senior season. Uh, I would say a name that uh, really started to uh, to come to the forefront last year, and I think will more so this year, is Tyquan Thornton. He's big, tall receiver, and man, he's got great hands. He can just run like the wind. And so I think he is really uh, in a position or will be in a position to have a huge year coming up this year. So remember that name, Tyquan Thornton. Uh, on the defensive side, uh, Terrell Bernard uh, played a lot last year, but I think he's going to be really the leader uh, on the defensive side this year. And uh, he, he uh, got, I think, second team all Big 12 honors is what he got last year. So he's not an unknown player, but I think he'll be another guy that really steps to the forefront this year and helps this Baylor defense that has a lot of starters from last year. And speaking of this Baylor defense, um, so we see Dave Aranda uh, take the head coaching position at Baylor. Um, 
I'm an LSU fan. I let you know before we started recording that I, you know, I'm sure. I'm based out of Baton Rouge. Um, but what are your impressions of this hire? And do you think this is the best hire that Baylor could have made? I think I think it's a great hire. You know, and I've been here for a while. This will be my 34th year doing Baylor football coming up next season. But I I love Dave Aranda already, and and I'm still just getting to know him. You know, with everything we've been through with the pandemic, uh, we really hadn't been around each other much. And I was looking forward to spring practice to just be around he and the new coaching staff and get to know them better. But we didn't have spring practice. So uh, the the times that I've been around uh, Coach Aranda have been sort of short and sweet. But, uh, man, he's so impressive. Uh, Even in short bursts, uh, talking to him, interviewing him, talking to him in his office, things like that. He is just so impressive, and I think it's a great hire. I really do. Be the job that he selected for his first head coach job. I think that says a lot about Baylor and where we are in the Big Twelve, and uh, you know the staff that he put together says a lot about Baylor. Also, that he could get these guys to come here and be a part of this staff. So I am really excited about the uh, future beginning in 2020 with Dave Aranda yeah, head coach. Absolutely. And, and you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about a little bit about Matt Rule, um, but the previous two coaches at Baylor um, and Matt Rule and Art Bryles have been very offensive-minded head coaches. Uh, Dave Aranda is obviously the greatest defensive minds in the country right now. Um, so where does Dave Aranda's unique uh, defensive approach work in Baylor, or how does it work, rather? And, uh, you know, just because Baylor's typically known for his high-powered offenses. Yeah, it, it may be different for some people, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, uh, a lot of teams in this league, in the Big 12, are very offensive-oriented. You know, there's some high-powered offenses um, come at it. And, and that's not to say we're not going to have some weapons. we got some weapons offensively. But if you come at it uh, almost with a, a defense-first mentality – uh, you know, I think you get a leg up on maybe some of the teams that we're going to see year in and year out of the Big 12. There's some other really good defensive teams in this league. I don't want to, you know, say that that uh, teams in this league don't play defense. I mean, TCU is really good defensively. Iowa State has a really good defense. Uh, others, you know, Oklahoma has won the league, and, and they're very balanced, I would say, offense and defense. But, but I, I think it's going to be – I think it'll play well in this league. To, uh, you know, to really have that, um, you know, I want to say emphasis on defense, but maybe that's not accurate. Maybe Coach Aranda would disagree with that. You know, the defense is going to do their job, and he'll expect the offense to do their job. And, uh, you know, Baylor will have a real balanced team that they can uh, go to battle with coming up this year. Right. And so right now it's, it's June, which leaves around two months until the start of this next season. As of today, what are your expectations for this Baylor team this upcoming season? Ooh, good question. Well, you got to know, uh, I'm an eternal optimist, you know, I am always optimistic. And, uh, uh, so I, I just, I get excited. I look at the positive side of things and I see the guys that we have coming back. I see a veteran quarterback in Charlie Brewer. I see the weapons that we have offensively, you know, that are coming back this year. And then I see the defense and Terrell Bernard and Coach Aranda, you know, making his mark and putting his stamp on the defense here. And I'm just optimistic. Um, I, I don't know where uh, the experts, you know, 
know maybe the media will will put Baylor in the preseason poll this year, but I just think this team is on very solid. The program is on very solid footing. Of an eleven and three year last year and playing in the Big Twelve championship game, even with all the guys we lost and even with a coaching change and even with a, a uh, global pandemic you know, that has changed the schedule for everybody. I just think the program is on such solid footing that this team will uh, compete for the Big 12 championship again. I think they'll be, uh, you know, continue their bowl streak this year. So what does that mean win-wise? I don't know that. I, I can't put a number on it because if I try to put a number on it, that means I'm saying that we're going to lose some of these games. So um, I think it's going to be a really good, solid year. And Coach Aranda just hits the ground running in his first head coaching job. And I think uh, I think you're going to hear from Baylor as a member of the top 25 this year and uh, in a really good bowl game at the end of the year and hopefully competing for another Big 12 championship. Yeah, I mean, we definitely call hope. And I understand the pick there. I mean, it's still very, very early. But um, on the podcast, I'm real, real big into recruiting. So I want to move on to that. Um, and, some, and some people seem to overlook this, but Dave Aranda will be going into his first season and it'll be a new coaching staff on the sidelines for the Bears. How difficult do you think it will be to form connections with these recruits and get them to commit due to the cancellation of campus visits at this time? How do you think Dave Aranda and other coaches make adjustments to complete this recruiting class? Well, very good question, and you know there there are programs all over the country that are asking that same question. You know, they are they are trying to figure out what they can do recruiting wise when they can't make in home visits. And I'll tell you this as a caveat: I work for the athletic department, so I really can't talk specifics about recruiting. But uh, what I have seen uh, by our coaches, our football coaches and staff, not out on the road, but doing what they can recruiting. I think they're making huge inroads already. I mean, there is a very positive uh, move uh, or a positive vibe about Baylor football uh, on the recruiting front. So uh, these guys, he's got a great mix on his staff of some young coaches with energy and some veteran coaches that have been around the block, guys who know the state of Texas, guys who have recruited, guys who have been head coaches in the past and now are here as part of – Coach Aranda's staff, like Larry Fedora, who's our offensive coordinator, and Ron Roberts, who's the defensive coordinator. So I say all that to say I think they're, they're, they're doing a great job in area already, and that's impressive, you know, given that uh, uh, they can't make in-home visits. They can't have campus visits here. Uh, they've had probably a lot, of, a lot of schools are doing this. You know, they've had a virtual tour of our facilities that they can show to recruits and a virtual tour, you know, of the locker room and McLean stadium on game day and things like that. So uh, I, I know they're not the only ones doing that, but they're, they're doing what they can and making the best of this situation. And I tell you what, uh, what we're hearing is they're making some real inroads recruiting. So that's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, and that's where I want to move to is, I mean, currently Baylor has the number two recruiting class in the conference and they have a top 25 class in the country. And there are some elite prospects in this class. I know you said you can't be too specific, but can you kind of give us so like how excited are you for this class right now? And if you can, can you tell us a player that you've right now that's committed that you cannot wait to see suit up for Baylor? Uh-huh. No, I can't actually. <laughs> I, can't. I mean, being 
working for the athletic department, department uh, I don't know all the NCA rules, but I know the ones that apply to me and what I can and can't do. And right. I just can't talk about anybody, you know, until they're signed and officially here. So I hope you understand that. But oh, yeah, uh, sure. I am ex- I, yeah, I am excited about, uh, you know, what I'm hearing. And just, again, the vibe that Baylor has out there recruiting-wise is really, really good. So, uh, yeah, I'm loving that. You know, if these guys can recruit uh, that well uh, during a pandemic, you know, and, and a new staff that didn't even have spring practice, wait till they get, you know, settled in and they're able to go, you know, full, full bore ahead. Uh, it, it's just really impressive what they, they've been able to do already this year. Right. And, you know, so now that we got through that, I mean, I want to shift to your time just as the voice, you know, for Baylor right now. I mean, you've been all across the country and seen some great games. Is there a game that sticks out in your mind and or just what game was your favorite that you've called in your career? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, and it's fun to talk about because, uh, you know, it brings back some pretty good memories. A uh, couple come to mind, really. Uh, one goes back to 2011. Uh, Robert Griffin III was here, and we're playing Oklahoma at uh, Baylor Stadium. This was before uh, we moved to our current stadium, McLean Stadium, on the banks of the Brazos. But we're playing at Baylor Stadium, and it's a, a primetime Saturday night game against Oklahoma. Uh, this is 2011, and Baylor had never beaten Oklahoma in the history of the series. Now, We've been Big 12 rivals since 1996, played every year since then. But before that, there weren't that many meetings. But still, Baylor was, I think, 0-20 all-time against Oklahoma. And the game just was back and forth. It was a great game. Uh, Oklahoma scored late to tie it, 38-30. Bob Stoops was the coach then. I think he thought Baylor would uh, settle for, you know, going to overtime, playing at home. And Baylor completed a pass early. Bob Stoops called a timeout. This is late in the fourth quarter. And uh, Baylor coaches said, all right, we'll take that timeout. And then they just marched down the field, and uh, Rob hit Terrence Williams on a 34-yard touchdown pass with uh, seven or eight seconds to play. And Baylor won the game, 45-38. It was was really his Heisman moment coming back to win that game against a program like Oklahoma, and it was just thrilling. I mean, it was as loud as I ever heard uh, Baylor Stadium, Floyd Casey Stadium. But, uh, but that one comes to mind as a great memory, and it really led to uh, Robert uh, taking home the Heisman Trophy at the end of that season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's an incredible um, experience to have at your own home stadium. Uh, but on the flip side of that, I mean, you've traveled throughout the Big 12. Um, you've seen environments that are outside of Waco, Texas. But which, which one of those places is your favorite uh, to call games at? Oh, good question again. Uh, you know, I, I like them all, and they all have their, uh, you know, their unique uh, draws to being there on the road. Um, Kansas State is a great place to go in Manhattan. Uh, just that, uh, you know, everybody's wearing purple except uh, us <laughs> when we're there in Manhattan. And it's a great crowd, and, and uh, you know, what Coach Snyder built there was just unbelievable. So that's always – it's a tough place to play, and, uh, you know, if you get a win there, if, if, you know, the visiting team, Baylor in this case, gets a win in Manhattan, that's a big win because it is so tough to win there. So that's a great place to go. Um, you know, going to Norman uh, to play the Sooners, that's always tough because, you know, for the most part uh, in the history of the Big 12, they have been the team to beat in the Big 12 conference. Uh, when we go to Austin, you know, we've got a long history against uh, the University of Texas uh, going back to the Southwest Conference in 12. 
and their stadium is now 100,000 plus down in Austin. So, you know, that's uh, always a, a, a good trip, and that's a big win if you can beat Texas in Austin. So those are the few, and I don't mean to leave anybody out, but those are just a few of the places that we go and, you know, the tough venues that Baylor has to play in in this league. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, as a current graduate student in, uh, at Kansas State, I'll have to say yeah. I was not expecting the environment to be like that in Manhattan, Kansas, especially coming from a school like Auburn. But, you know, I want to talk – You've, like you said, you've been calling, you know, Baylor games for a long time now. And throughout that time, we've seen the perception of this conference change. I mean, you know, even recently people claim that – it's Oklahoma and everybody else, but on this podcast, I've argued that this upcom- this up-and-coming season, you have teams like Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas, TCU, Iowa State, and Baylor, and all these teams are really competitive in the national, I guess, landscape. So can you speak to how the perception has changed and how competitive do you actually think this conference is, and why do you think some other conferences' fans don't respect that? Yeah, that's a really good point, and I agree with you. I think there are some really good teams, really good programs uh, in great shape in this league, in the Big 12. Uh, you know, maybe Oklahoma is the team to beat. I wouldn't argue with that right now. But I tell you, the folks in Stillwater, they are, uh, they are planning for a really big season ahead, and they've got a lot of folks back from a good team last year. So the folks in Oklahoma State, uh, keep an eye on them. They think they're going to have – and I don't disagree. They think they're in position to have a really good year this year. So keep an eye on them. Uh, you know, Texas, uh, Texas, Texas, they've got great athletes there. So that is tough. TCU, uh, Gary Patterson, such a veteran coach. And, you know, you talk about defensive-minded. He's, he's won there with defense first for a lot of years. And, uh, and I think they're going to be good again this year. And Iowa State, Matt Campbell is – Really, uh, really great coaches in this country, not just this league. So I, I think up and down the uh, the uh, lineup of the Big Twelve, there all there are a bunch of really good teams, really good coaches, and programs that are on very solid footing. That that I mean by that, they're they're in good shape to uh, go out and put their best foot forward and have a great year and challenge for a conference championship. So I think it'll be fun to watch uh, the competition in the Big Twelve this year. All right, John, we've got one last question. Um, so we've already touched on it a little bit, or, or, or you mentioned it at least, but McLean Stadium is one of the newest stadiums in college football, and the environment at Baylor seems to be getting more respect and more recognition uh, as the years go on. Uh, what makes the environment at Baylor so special, and why is it one of the best environments in the Big 12? Well, I think it is, but I'm biased. But it's uh, you start with the location. Uh, we're on the Brazos uh, River right here in Waco. We're right off I-35, and it's something like uh, – uh, I'm don't. i not going to say the number. I don't know what it is, but you can imagine the traffic that goes up and down I-35 uh, here in the state of Texas, and it goes right by McLean Stadium. So it's like a you know, like 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week uh, promotion billboard for Baylor football with the location of McLean Stadium. And being right on the river, it's just very picturesque. It's a horseshoe-shaped stadium for people who haven't seen it. It opens up toward the Brazos River, opens up toward the Baylor campus. There's some great views looking up the river. Uh, and just there's not a bad seat in the house here uh, at McLean Stadium. And we put our students, uh, especially the uh, first-year students, the freshmen, that's the Baylor line, we give them some of the best seats in the house. They are right down a 
uh, 15 or 20 rows right behind the team bench, the visiting team bench, but great seats in the stadium. So they add to the uh, environment and the uh, uh, home field advantage for Baylor just by being there and being loud and being in a great position. So, uh, and our fans here, you know, they've, they've been through a lot. Uh, Baylor fans are very resilient, but they're very loyal. And they come out and they support this team like none other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a home field advantage you would hope for for your team. And it's fun to see on Saturdays in the fall. Yeah, I no doubt. And, I mean, my dad worked in Waco and he sent me pictures. And it's probably the, the nicest stadium, at, in, one of the nicest stadiums in college football, without a doubt. But, guys, that is, that, that is a wrap on this interview. We, we really, really want to thank John for coming out and joining us. Um, and we really hope to have you on the podcast during, the se- during this upcoming season. Well, let's do it. Let's hope uh, the Baylor's playing well and there's a reason to get back together. But I appreciate you guys having me on. It's great to visit with you. And uh, stay safe. And uh, let's, let's look, look forward to having football, college football in the fall. No doubt, no doubt. But, guys, that is a wrap on the episode. We will be back next week with some more episodes. You guys know the social media. You guys can find the podcast everywhere. But for right now, guys, we are out.